All right, welcome back to Bay Area Sports Wrap. I'm featured reporter Ryan Leong, joined by Lowell Tuckerman and Marco Ukalovich. And we're pleased to be joined now by Shang Peng, who's been covering the San Jose Sharks for SB Nation's Fear the Fin. And Shang, welcome to the program. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, you're, you're what's up. Uh, Shang, I want to ask you, you've been covering the team now for a few years, and this has been a tumultuous season for the Sharks. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, on what's been going on, and, of course, the uh, recent dismissal of Peter DeBoer and the replacement of his, Bob Bugner. Well, I think, uh, Peter, a couple things there. On one hand, uh, he got a little bit of a raw deal. Uh, he did not put the team together, and it was Doug Wilson that put the team together, and a team that is sort of lacking a middle class of the lineup. A lot of young prospects didn't work out. That, I don't think, is on the board. On the other hand, though, Joe Thornton himself, when asked uh, if the Sharks needed uh, some uh, a fresh voice in there, Joe Thornton said, probably. And Peter Dwyer has been coaching the Sharks for five years, and so sometimes it is just sort of time. And so I think those are the, so I think that's how we can kind of wrap up uh, the the, the Bohr era for the Sharks. Uh, speaking of uh, Bob Bugner, uh, the new coach for the Sharks, uh, they will be trying some some different things uh, with the star players that they do have, and we'll see if it works. Hey, Shang, Lowell Tuckerman here. Nice to talk to you. I wanted to ask you a couple things. First of all, um, your impression. In the early going, again, Wednesday was his first day as Sharks coach, talking about Bob Bugner. And the kind of the funny thing about Bugner, as you do research on the guy and you try to wrap your head around why is he the guy, and, you know, you look at his career as a hockey player, and this guy was a fighter. If you YouTube Bob Bugner, you see this great clip of him fighting with Craig Berube. <laughs> it's great because now they'll have a chance to duke it out from respective benches. So impressions of Bob Bugner and his personality, and what do you think so far? Um, I, I've enjoyed working with him so far. Uh, he's been uh, very open with just talking about the things that he's working on, the things that he, he wants to uh, put in place with the Sharks. Uh, but indeed, though, he was uh, a fighter. Actually, it's funny. Um, his uh, first uh, morning skate avail- uh, availability, or actually uh, well, the one yesterday, his second one, um, Louis DeBrusque, uh, who uh, was also a bit of a fighter uh, in, in, in the 90s, uh, he is, uh, he's a, a color guy for uh, Sportsnet. He was talking night in Canada. And so the, so when Louis DeBrusque comes in and starts talking to Bob, the first thing they do is they reminisce about the fights that they had. <laughs> <laughs> nice back in uh, back in juniors, and so I think that's going to happen a lot uh, during this year, where different people will come in, uh, be it uh, coaches or commentators, and there's a good chance that they fought Bob Hubner. Uh Shang, it's Marco here, and uh, thanks for joining us here on Bay Area Sports Wrap. You know, I was a little shocked, but not really, when they fired uh, Peter DeBoer on went this past Wednesday. Uh, I was thinking like maybe they were going to at least give him this seven-game homestand that they're currently on to see how they play in this next seven games and if, and if they were going to you know play as poorly as they did on that four-game road trip, then I could see them firing him. So I thought maybe it was a little early, but you know I think maybe Doug Wilson had seen the writing on the wall I think maybe earlier than that. I mean, let's let's go back to them, you know, bowing out in the conference finals against the St. Louis Blues uh, this past season, and then the hiring of bringing back actually Bob Bugner as an assistant. And it almost that moved almost signaled to me that Peter DeBoer's time was he, he was on a ticking time clock right then and there, and that you know if he didn't get the Sharks off to a good start that you know he, he was going to be the fall guy for this team. And I really we. 
to me, you can't really fault the board. I mean, the guy could only go with so much of what this roster was at the beginning of the season. I mean, they were trying to get these young guys uh, like Daniel, your your take your Tyken to come up and step up and be these next third third and fourth line guys, and they didn't really they weren't ready yet. And you know, and they're doing okay now in the Barracuda. By now, you're starting to see some of these Barracuda players come up now, and they're trying to give these guys a shot because they want they know that. A, they're kind of the future of this team going forward and, and see to see now B, what they have in them, if they can hang at the NHL level. And the latest case right now is Joachim Blickfeld. And I thought, you know, this first game he was okay. This last game, not so much. So what do you think of the way that they're bringing up these guys and trying to kind of giving them a tryout? Well, a couple of things. The first, an illustration of just how, how, how far away some of these prospects kind of are, that they weren't quite so ready. An illustration of how these guys weren't ready for NHL level. A number of these uh, prospects that they thought would, you know, become something at NHL level this year, a number of them have been healthy scratched with the with the AHL Barracuda so far this year, and that's not a strong word of confidence that these guys are ready for prime roles at you know a much higher level of play. Uh, going back though to uh, what you're saying at, at the beginning about uh, DeBoer and and being on a ticking. Uh, uh, I think uh, clock. Um, I'm not sure if I totally agree with that. Just insofar as uh, he was given an extension last year, and even though they lost in the conference final with a enormously talented team, uh, there was also a team that was beaten down by injuries by the time they got to St. Louis. You know, Eric Carlson, Joe Bobelski, uh, Thomas Hurdles couldn't couldn't play the the uh, the game six that they were eliminated in. So I, I don't know if it was so much last year. I don't know if it was so much bringing back Bugner. Uh, but I think it was more just how they played this year. And, uh, Doug Wilson used the word energy a lot, you know, the lack, lack of energy in the, in the room, uh, this, this year. And it's how they played during the, the last growth stand, how they just kind of, you know, in Nashville, Nashville, they actually played, <laughs> funny enough, uh, one of the best, they're the best second periods or one of the best periods of the season, uh, against Nashville in, uh, Pierre DeBoer's last game. I think they held Nashville to like a handful of shots. Great defensively, it was boring hockey, but it's the kind of hockey that's also winning hockey. Uh, but anyway, so it was zero zero after two, and they just needed one good period out of out of uh, out of the Sharks to come, you know, to salvage that road trip. Would have saved Peter DeBoer's job. And at a certain point in that third period, just you know, kind of huge third period that the Sharks need to salvage the road trip. They were being outshot sixteen to three. So there was something with this team where they just weren't able to, you know, in any sport, good teams can kind of turn it on. You know, they can't turn it on all the time, but a good team is able to kind of, like, look at the, I don't know, just for example, uh, different sports of the Lakers playing the Atlanta Hawks uh, today. And you know the Lakers can turn it on when they want against a team like the Hawks, right? So the same, same kind of thing. A good team can kind of turn it on. And the Sharks just weren't able to do that this year, suggesting that they weren't a, a good team. Uh, but anyway, so I think that in terms of the timing of the, of the firing, I think it had a lot to do with, uh, yeah, there were these, there are these seven games coming up at home. And you want to give actually a new coach, uh, the, the time to work with the players. Uh, just for example, the Sharks current schedule, they have a game on Tuesday against Arizona. And then they have, uh, three days off. Uh, they have, uh, three days off, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then they have a back to back Saturday, Sunday versus St. Louis and Vegas. But what better time for a new coach to kind of work in his, his system, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with the players? We're talking with Shang Peng, who covers the Sharks for SB Nation's Fear the Fin here on Bay Area Sports Wrap. 
anytime in professional sports when there's a coaching change, it can be attributed to, well, simply losing or the coach losing the players from the standpoint of the voice just doesn't have the impact on the players anymore. And one thing about hockey, I'm sure you've noticed, Shang, from your time covering the NHL and the Sharks, these guys are extremely polite. They play things close to the vest. And good luck to you uh, getting a player to admit that DeBoer lost the team. But I want to (laughs) know if you saw anything that led you to believe that DeBoer just didn't have the same impact that he had earlier in his tenure with the Sharks anymore. Yeah, you know, when people say lose the room, I guess, you know, it sounds maybe more serious than what actually happened. You know, I don't think there was any kind of open rebellion, that sort of thing. But you could see just signs that maybe, yeah, maybe the voice wasn't reaching them. Obviously, uh, what I said about uh, what uh, Joe Thornton said about that them probably needing a fresh voice. But uh, during the road trip, Evander Kane talked about after a loss, I think it was against Florida, he talked about, you know, what was kind of, uh, what's, what's going on with the guys? And he said, oh, we're just kind of uh, relaxed. That's what he said, the word relaxed. Um, you know, a, a month ago, uh, DeBoer was, was talking about how he just he needed forward. You know, uh, reporter asked him, uh, what do you, you know, uh, actually going back to the Barracuda, a uh, reporter asked him, uh, you know, do, you, uh, do you think you should uh, give uh, uh, another player a shot, another young player a shot? And Peter DeBoer looked at the reporter and said, I'll try anything right now. And so I think that, that it was clear that the coach was not happy with the team. You know, he was frustrated with the team that he was given. And, of course, that kind of permeates to the players and kind of trying, like, the same old things to try to score, you know, get the puck back to Brent Burns, get the puck back to Eric Carlson and try to kind of score, uh, you know, get to the net and try to tip in pucks, that sort of thing, you know, that kind of strategy. That would work, uh, you know, mind you, work uh, effectively for the Sharks for the first four years of Peter DeBoer's uh, tenure. But, you know, it wasn't working. And, yeah, so I think in terms of losing a room, I think that's, that's where maybe maybe they just kept losing and the players wanted to try new things, fresh things kind of. And so it wasn't like it was a mutiny. You know, all the players to him, and I do believe them, you know, it could be lip service, but all the players to a man talked about what a great coach DeBoer is. And that is his reputation. He's an excellent coach. He's the kind of coach that, even though he doesn't have a Stanley Cup on his resume, uh, he will be able to find a job whenever he wants to work again. Um, and I think, I think that's true. So I, I think it, you know, both things can be true, that the voice wasn't as fresh anymore, but that there was uh, still a, a large respect for Peter DeBoer. You know, you mentioned, Shang, about missing players. How much did the Sharks miss three guys that left the team in the offseason, that being, first and foremost, Joe Pavelski, but also uh, fan favorite in Jonas Donskoy and uh, a late acquisition in Gustav Nyquist? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, those are three top nine quality forwards there. And the Sharks actually were arguably the deepest team in the league last year. Last year they had nine 50-plus point scorers. Uh, no, other, no other team in the league had five. So that's how, many, that's how much offense the Sharks had last year. And so you lose three of those guys, basically. And you think, oh, you're still you know, in pretty good shape. But the problem is you lost three of those guys. Uh, Joe Thornton has taken a step back. Uh, Timo Meyer has taken a step back. And so you just, all, all these guys have taken a step back. Fred Burns struggled, uh, has been struggling uh, this past month. So all these guys take a step back and no one steps forward. And so suddenly your, your team that you think is deep isn't deep anymore. Well, one last thing for sure. And you already mentioned this. When, when he was asked, um, uh, Joe Thornton was about what was needed. Obviously, ownership is going to listen to Joe Thornton and not Peter DeBoer. So I feel bad that he became the fall guy, but that's that. 
yeah, that's uh, that that's that. You know, but as, as they say, right? Uh, it is again any sport. It's easier to fire one coach than uh, whether it's mm-hmm. ten players in basketball or twenty five players in hockey and baseball or fifty players in, in football. Yeah, and basically Doug Wilson, you know, playing if you use a, to use a crop reference, the the, the gambling. You know, game. He threw. Uh, he he gambled on a hard four and signing Eric Carlson to that big contract of eight years. You know, and uh, all that money that he gave to him, the eighty-eight million. He was there was nothing left to sign Joe Pavelski, Giannis Donskoy, and Gustav Nyquist. So you know, because he tied up all that money with Carlson, one player, it left the Sharks really depleted at that four position. And so to me. I think I think people had to know that they weren't going to be as good offensively, especially on the power play this year. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a fair point. That's something that a lot of people have talked about in terms of, well, if you hadn't re-signed uh, Eric Carlson, maybe you could have brought back, uh, maybe maybe not all three of Pavelski and Nyquist and Donsa, considering what they made, but two of those three at least, uh, the money would have worked. I guess my kind of argument for that, though, is that if you bring back, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you let Eric Carlson walk and you bring back those forwards, you have a good team. You do, and you can make a legitimate argument that that team with, let's say, Pavelski and Nyquist back will be better than the Sharks team now. Actually, I'm pretty sure they would be better than this team right now. Uh, but the ceiling of that team, you know, the ceiling of this, you know, uh, pretend team with Pavelski and, and Nyquist instead of Carlson, I think that ceiling would match the 2018 Sharks team, which lost to the, you know, the Golden Knights in the second round. It'd be that kind of, you know, they're a good team, but not a great team. You know, Eric Carlson and he hasn't been consistently great, but we've seen uh, a lot of flashes of it, especially December or January of last year. He was incredible. Over the last month or so, he's been maybe not quite incredible, but very, very good. And so Eric Carlson at his best is a great player. He is a, a, a legitimate game changer. And so basically, my, my opinion is Wilson decided to take, you know, like you said, he, he bet big. He bet on the guy that could make you a great team. And of course, it has <laughs> worked uh, totally in uh, the opposite of that so far. But I understand, uh, you know, I, I, I need to look at uh, look back at it in hindsight. But I understand what what Wilson was doing with with Eric Carlson. I personally can't can't blame him for that. I think uh, again, you know, uh, talents like Eric Carlson uh, so special that you have to take a chance on that. That is Shang Pang, who covers the Sharks for SB Nation's Fear the Fin. Check him out at fearthefin.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Shang underscore Pang. That's S-H-E-N-G underscore P-E-N-G. Shang, thank you so much. Fantastic insight. Yeah. We look forward to talking with you throughout the season. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's fun, guys. Anytime. All right, there he is, Shang Pang.